The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. All right, y'all, bring it in. It's time for Green Over Everything, World Eagles Podcast. My name is Brown. In the studio with me one more time is my man, Javon Offer from TotalSportsLive.com. What's good, brother? I'm doing all right. All right. Well, look, let's jump right into it. Eagles did not beat the Minnesota Vikings this week. They got beat by the Minnesota Vikings in a game which was pretty bad. Yeah. Later on in that week, they got beat by the Los Angeles Rams in the contest to get Jalen Ramsey. Some might think that was a contest. Some might say, hey, you know what? Eagles were never in it. You see that Jalen Ramsey is now a Los Angeles Ram, and the Rams gave up two first-round picks, one in this coming draft, one in the next draft, and they also gave up a fourth-round pick. So my question to you is, there are a lot of there right now there are a lot of Eagles fans angry with the front office for not making this move. Mm-hmm. Are you one of them? Do you share that sentiment? No, not at all. I mean, because when you look at I true I believe that they were heavily interested in them. I mm-hmm. believe the report that they were you know that that they were calling Jacksonville every week to see what was up, even though Jacksonville was putting out saying other things, saying, "Oh, we're not going to trade them, and we want them here, and X, Y, and Z." I believe all that. Am I going to, you know, am I going to be down on High Roseman for not giving up two first round picks and a fourth for a twenty four year old cornerback? No, because at the end of the day, this team has more holes mm-hmm. than just cornerback, and they're one of the oldest teams in the league. You look at it right now, you know. They need another wide receiver. You might have to draft one. You know, you're going to need another cornerback. Need to draft one. You're going to need to draft more safeties. Your safeties are getting older. Mm -hmm. Linebacker, you don't. Mm -hmm. Nigel Brown's your best linebacker because you just cut Zach Brown. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you need some more linebacking help. And then always you can always add to your your both of your lines because that's what you would like to do. And then eventually with that fourth rounder, maybe you say we need to draft another quarterback because each year you want to draft another young quarterback to develop because the Clayton Thorson era didn't go that well. But mm-hmm. everybody could have told you that one from the jump. Yeah. But nevertheless. Could have had Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty basically. I mean, but nevertheless, there's, you know, you can't. I, I understand people were upset at Howie and, you know, a lot of the Twitter GMs were out saying, I would have done the deal. I'd have gave up three first round picks. Like, it's foolish because it's foolish because that would be a lot of draft capital to give up for a team. That'd be a lot of draft capital to give up for a team that is is old right mm-hmm. now. Like, and there's still other options out there to explore. Do you believe this Eagles team will make a trade? Yes. You I don't. Yeah, I don't think Howie's just going to sit back. I mean, we've seen them last two years make a trade. Mm-hmm. They traded for the Golden Tate last year, and that didn't work out. But I think that was more. So. But it was still. But it was still a move. Right. They still made a move. Right. Because they needed a wide receiver help. Mm-hmm. And then the previous year, they traded for Jay Jai, mm-hmm. which worked out because they needed a running, running back. Mm-hmm. LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt was good, but, hey, we need to give LeGarrette Blunt some help. I guess it, it's interesting. This whole situation is interesting because I feel like this is the first time probably in the second life of Howie Roseman mm-hmm. that he's really felt a little bit of heat. Yeah. This is the first time in a very long time that 
you're sitting here looking at Howie under the gun. We've talked about it. It's before. a combination of things, though, yeah. I think, for why he's under the gun. It's because of that and because of the way that draft picks haven't performed. Yeah. It's mainly Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones. Yeah. And what's going on with that? I mean, it's, I feel like there, there's a period where you feel like you don't want to necessarily call him a bust because of injuries. Right. But at some point in time, all your injuries then make you a bust. Right. And I think, honestly, I was a little bit leery of using that word as far as Sidney Jones goes. And then Sunday happened. Right. And now I'm like, hey, you know what? This 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 might not be the guy. Right. He might not be the one. He he might he might not be. I mean, there's always the question of if say if he never gets hurt at his pro day mm-hmm. and tears his Achilles, you know, he's probably never been the same player since then. Because yeah. we gotta think about before he had tear, before he tore his Achilles. He was projected to, to be, be a first round, the first pick. round yeah. pick, like one of the first corners and that's off gotta the be, board. And, and that's got to be crazy. That's got to you got to use that as like a lesson to like these young kids. You know, yeah. they're, they're coming out of school. This is a dude primed to be a first round pick and got hurt in his pro day. Right? Not because even they in the asked game. him to do one more one more drill. And I mean, Eagles, how we thought like, oh snap, we about to go get ourselves a a top tier corner second round. Why not take the risk and take the chance? And you know, again, injuries is something that you just can't. You just can't predict, and like you said, you don't want to use the bus label mm-hmm. with him because you don't want to use a bus label for a guy who's because, been hampered by injury. Right, but none. But at this point, what this is year four, year no. How long is three, three, three? Yeah, because Wentz has been in the league in four, four, and, and they drafted in, oh yeah, he came Jones. In the year yeah, after, yes, yes, you're right. You're right. That was the Barnett draft. Okay, so he can't. Yep, 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 yep. You're right. So when you look at when you look at all that, I still I for some reason even though how bad he played, I like you said I don't want to give up on him yet because he might have that moment where it just it it kind of clicks, clicks. Kinda and then, like, and then you like, let him go and it's like oh kind of well. like Nelson Aguilar. Now I understand we're back down on Nelson Aguilar right. this season, but right. he kind of had that moment. We were tired, you know. Fans were tired of him. They were ready to label him a bust. Like, all right, he's just not the guy. Time to move on. And there was – it seemed like a light bulb went off. Yeah, Super Bowl year. He he, he, he was playing in the spot where he should have been, which mm-hmm. is the, the slot. slot. I keep yes. on telling people this. Like, Nelson Aguilar is not an outside wide receiver. No. He's a slot wide receiver. And I don't – and for some reason, this must be – Unbeknownst to me, I don't see the Eagles utilizing the three wide receiver sets and having him in the slot. I'm seeing him on the outside, mm-hmm. in that. and that's probably more because uh, no Deshaun, Deshaun. Yeah, right? No Deshaun, and even and like maybe that is leading more to some of the the ire that right. Harry Roseman has yeah. has drawn because now you're sitting there, you're looking at you know you're looking at another another year where you make a splash in free agency, bringing in a wide receiver. Who's now spent most of the season right. hurt, and then doesn't help that JJ Arcega Whiteside cannot get on the field, and he was a second round pick mm-hmm. just this past. The second year. round pick can't get on the field. You're watching DK, uh, DK Metcalf up in Seattle, Seattle just kill it, yeah, and Arcega Whiteside can't get on the field. Your second round running back is a better wide receiver right now than your second round wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even and- your second round running back has his own set of. Mm-hmm. Issues right yeah. now, but they're not as bad they're because not as bad as, he's yeah. contribute. He's finding a way to contribute, and all of this has led to now. 
it's see now it's for the first time in a long time. Just like I said, Harry Roseman is on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. We talk about it on this show. You know the 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 phenomenon that is Facebook sports talk because we're we're a small podcast. All right, so where the the big name guys don't have time for it. You know, we, we we'll jump on Facebook every now and then and engage in some people engage in conversation with some people. There are people on Facebook calling for Howie's job. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's a little bit too much. Yeah, that's going a little bit too Completely far. Completely too much. But still, but nonetheless, it is still a sentiment. Yeah. It's still a sentiment. There are people out here like, hey man, I can't believe that Howie uh, messed this deal up. Right. And yeah, yes, it's crazy. It, it, it's going too far, but, but still, nonetheless, that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I know, for a lack of a better term, because I don't believe his job is in jeopardy, mm, not even in, no. uh, not even close. No. But what does he have to do to turn this season around? What what move does Howie need to make? I think to straighten it, to to right this ship. If the ship can be right, right it through I, a, a, a move. I think the ship can be righted through various ways. Number one, people getting players getting healthy again. I think that's yeah. number one. Because how we can't control that, you know, he can't control Malik Jackson, Tim Jernigan getting hurt, or Deshaun Jackson getting hurt. But what is he getting back? He's getting back Jalen Mills. He's healthy. He's finally healthy. Jalen Mills hasn't yep. played whole pretty much most of the season and missed the last half of last season. You know, you're getting back Ronald Darby, so that should, you know, help you out in that aspect. So injuries he can't help, but that will help his cause. <laughs> but still, I think they still need to go out and get a cornerback. And that depends on how certain teams play. Mm-hmm. If the Broncos lose, then you might they might be more willing to say, all right, we will part ways with a Chris Harris. And with that, you don't have to give up a first or a second round. Might have to give mm-hmm. up a third round, but that's okay. Okay. And how is the type of Howie has always been the type of guy he can get a third round back. Right. You know, you talk about move, he'll like, get a compensatory pick back. He'll get a compensatory pick back or he'll make a deal down the line and that will get him another third round pick. Right, exactly. Like, I don't go into I, I very rarely go into draft rounds where the Eagles do not have a pick thinking that the, that round will end without the Eagles making a pick. Correct. Like there's reason to believe that. Like, okay, you know what? Howie will find a way. And yeah, he's he's going to. You trade a third round pick for Chris Harris. Okay, you know what? Howie's the type of guy to get you a third round pick somewhere else. Right. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. 
The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. And we are back on the Green Over Everything podcast. My name is Brown. On the line with me, my partner in crime from Offense, Defense, and Discourse, a podcast you can hear right here as well as multiple online radio stations. My man, Mike Jones. What's going on, Mike Jones? Oh, man, I'm good. It's no longer warm outside, but other than that, life is good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've talked about my love for uh, sundresses and open toes uh, weather, but we know that's gone. We we know that's behind us. No, you know, there's no need to even hold on to that. It's now uh, uh, tights and, and and boots weather, tights and high heel boots weather. That's that's what it's changed to. That's that's where we are now. It is fall now. Yeah, it is fall. It, it's fall. It's it's that time. Now look, uh, goodness, things ain't go our way last week. Things did not go the way of the good guys last week. We thought that the Eagles would be able to go to Minnesota and hand these dudes an L. That did not happen. So now it's time for some get right, and they have to do it on the road in Big D in Dallas. However, this week has started off with with a little bit of a – if you want to call it a distraction, I guess. I don't know how much of a distraction this is really going to be, but it is what it is. Josina Anderson from ESPN posted a tweet earlier this week. She posted a tweet on Wednesday. Said, Eagles player said to me on Jalen Ramsey going to the Rams, we dropped the ball. I don't even want to talk about that uh, bleep. We'll say that. Everyone knew what it was going to take to get him. I could have told you that. So it sounds like there's an Eagles player within the organization frustrated about not getting Jalen Ramsey. My question to you is, how much How much do you think that's a distraction? Do you think that's just sour grapes, or do you think that's something that you can just get over real quick? Okay. Well, let me Let me be clear with how I say this. Because Josita Anderson is a great reporter, does great work, very knowledgeable about the game. I have a lot of respect for her work. That being said, I hate, I absolutely hate when reporters put out stories like this. And I know they have the jab jobs to do, so I I don't fault them for it per se. Excuse me, I don't fault them for it. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. And the reason I don't like it is because every time you get an anonymous story from a disgruntled player, it can do nothing but be a distraction and sow disharmony. And truth be told, chances are if you're getting that story, it's probably something that's already been festering. And making it public in this type of manner usually only makes it worse. So, now, I, Doug Peterson addressed the comments 
in his press conference set today. Um, he he actually addressed a few comments in his press conference today. Though mm-hmm. we'll start with the Jalen Ramsey one. The Jalen Ramsey comments. It that one to me that was more of a a shot at the front office than coaching or teammates. So that one I don't think will be a huge distraction on the field. Unless, of course, some of these defensive backs are sensitive and take that as a shot at them. But I don't think that they will because mm-hmm. any team, has, to, any player has to realize that Jalen Ramsey is a special player. Mm-hmm. And if you have opportunity to bring him in, you should at least absolutely kick the tires, bare minimum. So from that standpoint, the Jalen Ramsey comments, I don't expect to be that divisive it was the other comments that came out from an anonymous source yeah. week in the eagles yeah. that i think are more troublesome yes and let's talk about that because also Josina anderson made a in a made a report she said with the team being three and three an Eagles source also talked to me about how they feel like the offense is functioning they her source said we need to make bleep simpler Sometimes we just need to handle what is manageable. Even Peyton Manning knew when it was time to check down. Yeah. And now I think now this was when Doug Peterson in his press conference, he said this morning, Mm -hmm. well, excuse me, Friday morning that, The offense, and without, and he didn't, he wasn't too technical in the X's and O's and such. But just so everyone could understand, he basically explained that the offense does have checkdowns to tight ends and running backs built in for when plays aren't downfield aren't there. Mm-hmm. But it's also you have to factor in that those checkdowns are also many times blockers to pick up extra pass rushers and they can get lost in the wash, you might not have that check down available because he got knocked down or out knocked out of position having to the block to help the quarterback out mm-hmm. because a receiver might not be open quick enough to get to the initial route or things like that. So it's a lot that goes into it more so than the quarterback just not being willing to check down. And the coach, while acknowledging the comments, he was like, you know, most court coaches, he was like, what comments? I don't read that stuff. No, Doug was honest and said, yeah, he heard them. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to explain, like, but looking at our offense, yeah, it's not, it's not the quarterback. You know, guys are getting lost in the wash on checkdowns half the time. Lost in the wash being his phrase mm-hmm. for guys being, you know, when they get lost in their blocking responsibilities and other things where they're not able to make themselves available for check downs. It seems it's, so it's, it's oh, interesting. Right, right. It's just like the comment almost sounds like the anonymous comment is like the complaint is Carson is trying too hard to make big plays. Now for, on, on that aspect alone, I will often say, as I watch the Eagles, there are many times 
from snap until the time where Carson lets the ball launching lets the ball go, launching it downfield. I've probably screamed, let the ball go, let the ball go two mm-hmm. or three times before he actually does, mm-hmm. which usually happens when you're trying to get the ball downfield yeah. a lot. Because if you're looking for the shorter routes, the quicker routes, that ball comes out quicker. So there may be something to the fact that Carson Wentz is looking to get the ball downfield more but the coach seems to think that a big part of that is those checkdowns aren't necessarily available when they need when they're needed as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go, ha- having listened to the coach's response, I'm going to have to go back and pay a little more attention and see exactly what's what. But the comments themselves, you never want to hear them from an anonymous source. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have someone put their name to it on the comments and let's deal with it. We can move on from there. I I think so too. And part of, I guess part of my issue with this situation is one, just exactly what you said. The fact that whoever said it did not want to own up to it, chose not to own up to it. Whoever said it, said it anonymously, said it to a writer who's not even based in this area. Mm-hmm. Josina Anderson isn't from Philly. And like, and I am with you in the sense that I respect Josina Anderson. I like, oh, she's a great reporter. She's she a does great good, reporter. Very, like this is not very knowledgeable. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not here and, to, I'm not here to throw shade. What on that, like Josina. she was yeah. she, like, she's, you know, causing e news or yeah. something. I just don't like these stories in general. She's Agreed. doing her job reporting Agreed. what she was told. Agreed. Yeah, this is I, what I say. I hate when I just yeah. hate in general when these stories come out because I know it leads to dissension more often than not. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in the fact that I, I have no beef with Josina Anderson per se. You know, I'm also with you in the sense that I don't like the unnamed source type of story because it does bring division. You know, it does it it can you know crack holes in the unity in a locker room. However, also I feel like they're you know, we're in this age where everyone wants to build a narrative. Everyone wants to push a narrative. And it seems mm-hmm. like over the last two years, since we have won since this team won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback, it's like people want to build this case against our current starting quarterback. And now this is now the second year in a row that there has been a story from an unnamed source critical of the starting quarterback. However, and granted, we don't know who we don't know who it was. We don't know if the person who leaked the story this time was the same person who was talking to the press last year. But I'm looking at the two I'm looking at the two complaints. Two of the biggest complaints I have heard about Carson Wentz in the last two years. One of them being last year, it was he was targeting Zach Ertz too much. Mm-hmm. When you target your most of the time, when you're targeting and you're throwing to your tight end, that is the check down. Many times, many times, tight end or the running back, the t- tight end or the, the running back. Yeah, exactly. We knew last year that 
uh, Carson Wentz was not fully healthy. He was not 100%. He probably wasn't 100% at any point in time last season. He was coming off an ACL. He injured his back trying to trying to compensate for coming back from an ACL. So a lot of times he, you know, one thing that we talked about, you and I talked about in doing podcasts and radio shows together. We talked about Carson Wentz's inability to make plays that he was able to do two seasons ago before he blew the knee out. We talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, how much that back might have affected him going downfield like he was able to go downfield as they were building towards a Super Bowl. He comes back fast forward a year later, coming off a bum knee, now with a bum back, and now he's checking down. He's not making those plays to the outside. He's not making those plays downfield. Who is he throwing to? He's throwing to his tight end. Now he's a lot now he's a lot healthier. And I think what's what's happening here is a combination of one ability and two adjustment. What is going on? Carson Wentz is now a lot. He's healthier than he was last year. He's healthier than he was at any point last year. So now he can throw the ball downfield. He can make those throws to the outside. What else have and what have defenses been doing since Carson Wentz came back? They're trying to take that. Uh, they're trying to take that check down away from him. They know his security blanket is Zach Ertz. They know that he's going to come out. He's going to come out to shoot, and if something's not there, he's going to try and check down to Zach Ertz because he, that's what he did pretty much all last season. So to me, it's like it's it's obvious what's going on. So if you're so to hear this unnamed source, you know, the, the, you know, criticizing the offense, you know, it's like to me, I hear what he's saying. What, what this unnamed source is saying, and it sounds like he's not checking down enough. And it's like, okay, now that makes it look to me on the outside looking. It just sounds like it doesn't sound smart. And as much as we want to take this criticism and use it as a knock against Carson Wentz, like, look, what is this saying about Carson Wentz? My question is, what does it say about this dude that's complaining? Because this just doesn't sound smart. Now, that far I will not go as to say it does not sound smart. Yeah, I, it, it sounds kind of silly to me. won't go that far. Okay, I mean, I hear you. We'll, 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 we'll make, make your and, case. And because I, to me, I, I'm saying it just doesn't sound smart. But I, I want to hear what And this is why I'm saying that. Listen to the criticism. It's saying he's not. He, you have to know when to check down. Now, number one, when you watch Carson play, would you accuse him of holding on to the ball too long? I would. Okay. Now, when a quarterback is holding on to the ball too long, what are they usually looking to do? Looking to go get downfield. Now, if you so if you want them to get the ball out quicker and keep the offense in rhythm, keep moving, rather than going downfield for the incompletion, be, look for the check down. It's not that it's so. There's a balance to it. You have to know when the shots are available down downfield, but you have to also know when to check down and just mm-hmm. take the three five yards to keep your offense in rhythm and keep it moving. It there, there is absolutely. I compare it to compare it to like a point a good point guard in basketball, for example. You might have Michael Jordan on one wing, who could give you the amazing play 
more often than not, like eight out of ten times down court. But you can't just go to Michael Jordan every time. You got to let your Steve Kerr get a shot every once in a while, so he stays in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And in football, it while many people don't think about it like that, spreading the ball around and keeping all your players in touches and all of them in rhythm is crucial to having a, a successful offense. Agree. If you think about the best offenses. In the, in the sport right now, you think about quarterbacks who use multiple weapons. You usually get the ball out quick and just keep their offense moving at all times. It's usually not the guys who were looking for big chunk plays every play. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you do want to have the ability to take your shots. It's necessary to take your shots downfield. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't be looking for the 25-yard chunk play every play either. Now that, now that I, uh, I agree with. And that's, and so when I hear the, the, the comment that he has to know when to check it down, that's a very true statement. That I understand. But, and However, my issue with this is I, it's not like Zach Ertz isn't getting balls. It's not like Miles Sanders isn't catching balls out of the backfield or Jordan Howard isn't catching balls out of the backfield. So now, it's not like he's not. He's not those, let's be clear. Those are not. Miles Sanders is running designed wheel routes out the backfield. But he's, Jordan Sanders. Zach Ertz. He's also checked down to him as well, though. Zach Ertz. <clears throat> Miles Sanders is usually in the receiving game more often than not. When he catches, he's the primary right. on that play. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz as well. He's 10 yard in post. He, those aren't the check downs in the flat that you usually see Zach Ertz getting. Those are primary targeted plays. So you don't think so? You're, you're saying so you don't think he's checking down at all, or I shouldn't say not at all, but he, not a lot. And, and and Doug Peterson in his press conference, when asked the same question, he didn't respond that he's using his check downs. His response was. Well, if you watch what happens, a lot of times that check down is being taken away. Okay. Do you agree with that? Which is why I say I have to go back and watch tape. Okay. That's not something I was specifically looking for until I heard Doug Peterson say that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think- but I know there are many times where I'm screaming at Carson Wentz to, to get, get the ball the out. You've held it more than three seconds. And at that point, you should be looking for your check down if there's nothing else available. Well, I think because you know you're going to be under duress. I think it'll be very interesting to see, you know, what adjustments Carson Wentz makes. I think, honestly, one a thing that I have complimented this team on is the ability to make adjustments. So will he be able to make adjustments in this game on Sunday with the Dallas Cowboys, which is now a game for first place? You're going to play a very angry Dallas team a Dallas team that has now lost three games in a row and has a chance to right their ship at home on primetime television against a division rival. Eagles and Cow- Eagles and Cowboys have something to play for. However, both teams are playing injured. I'm asking you, you know, on, on just initially, who do you uh, I guess who do you see the injuries playing a bigger role for? Once again, we're looking at an Eagles defense without, probably without Nigel Bradham. It's not looking good for Deshaun Jackson. 
But on the other side of the ball, it looks like Amari Cooper's not healthy as well. And that's a, that's that's, a big fact. That's not the injury. Well, Amari Cooper is a huge injury for Dallas. Mm-hmm. But that's not the injury I'm most concerned with for Dallas. Okay, what you got? For Dallas, and of course Amari has been the story because of the difference he makes in their offense when he's on the field versus when he's not on the field for Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott seems to be a completely different passer when he has Amari Cooper on the field. That being said, the injuries for Dallas that I think would be most concerning would be to Tyron Smith and Lael Collins, the two offensive tackles, both very, very high-level players, and if they are diminished or unavailable, that gives the Eagles' defense and that Eagles' pass rush, which has struggled this season, with the exception of the Jets game, mm-hmm. to get open, to get warmed up, and come after at Dak Prescott, who is down his number one receiver. With the Eagles' secondary being what it is. If Dak Prescott is is protected, you don't need Amari Cooper to to beat the Eagles' corners right now. However, if Dak Prescott is not protected, that changes the game completely because he's also he's also down the receiver who gets open quickly and can make the after the catch play. But. Michael Gallup has speed and can beat somebody downfield. And that's all. And Eagles receivers have shown the tendency to get flat out burnt going downfield. It does. It does. And so, and and real quick, because I, I uh, we talked about it, or I talked about it earlier with Javon. What did you think of not getting Jalen Ramsey? That's two first round picks on a team that's pretty pretty old right now. I I think that depends on your perspective. I, when I saw the move, the first thing I said is the Rams are definitely all in on taking their shot at winning this year. Mm-hmm. Because going forward, when you have Gurley already being paid, Donald being paid, and Golf then paid. Goff getting paid, and then all other players, and then you think about the picks you've traded away to bring in a to bring in a Fowler, to bring in now Jalen Ramsey, and you no longer have your first round picks, which is your first first line of getting a talented player at an affordable salary. It's going to be t- after this year going forward in the next year or two, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill out a, a roster. So in long term, I think it's going to be interesting. Now, as far as the short term, it's definitely an upgrade, but I don't think it fixes the Rams' biggest problem right yeah, now. Exactly. The Rams' biggest problem right now is their offense. Yep. Their offensive line has not been the same as it was last year or the year prior. It's been struggling. Ty Gurley is clearly not the same player this season. And the combination of the offensive line and Ty Gurley being able to run behind that offensive line was the engine that made that offense go. You are not seeing that same type of 
30, 40 per point per game consistent attack that you saw in the previous two years under McVay and Goff. So <clears throat> while I do think this is a good move for the Jaguars this year, I mean, excuse me, not the Jaguars, for the Rams this year, mm-hmm. getting Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars, I still think they have holes. Mm-hmm. And now while the Eagles – Jalen Ramsey would have been a more immediate, a, a more would have made them a more complete team than it, I think it does the Rams. I don't think the Eagles were willing to pay the price because contractually, they're, going forward, they're not going to be in a whole lot different situation having paid Wentz already. Mm-hmm. And I think they thought the price of the two draft picks I'm sorry, the two first-rounders plus a fourth-rounder, which is should be a three, top three players that make the roster on controllable salaries in the next coming years. Should be. So for the Eagles, I think Howie, Howie Roseman just said the price was too high. And for me, I think the, I think the price is a little high for me as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Now back to this. Back to this game on on Sunday. Sunday night. How confident are you in the Eagles? And are you more? And let me ask you this before you say that: Are you more confident this week than you were last week? I'm less confident this week. Less confident. Why? Last week, I I knew, and I remember we talked about this. Kirk Cousins, if given time can pick you apart, but when you get to him, he, he's known to fold. And problem was last week they didn't get to him, and he picked, mm-hmm. the, picked the Eagles apart. This week, the Cowboys defense, I think, can do a better job against the Eagles offense without Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. With, without any real deep threat and an inconsistent, not bad, but an inconsistent running game, then the Eagles were likely to be able to do against the Cowboys' offense, which is also struggling. But I, if you ask me which defense I trust right more right now, it's the Cowboys' defense. Okay, all right. So as we as we wrap things up. Let me get a prediction for Sunday's game. Notice the long pause. Yes, deep I, I, did, I, I did notice the long pause. And I, I noticed it all. I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to have to say, Eagles 17, Cowboys 21. Oh, boy. Oh boy! All right. I hope I'm wrong. I, I I also hope you're wrong. I also hope you're wrong. I am going to go twenty-three to sixteen Eagles. Twenty-three. Twenty-three to sixteen Eagles. Yes, a lot of field goals. That's what I'm predicting. A lot of field goals. We'll see. We, All right. Well, we, it'll be fun to find out. We'll see Sunday night. We will see Sunday night. 
Mike Jones, once again, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it, man. Uh, no problem. Anytime. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Green Over Everything podcast. You can download this podcast anytime you want on Google, on SoundCloud, and on Apple Podcasts. Remember, you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BITW Sports. My name is Brown. Thank you for checking us out this week. We'll see you next week. Go Birds. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.